remembering what God has done will be your anchor in the days of head. So remembering the things that you've seen God do are going to be your stability. It's going to be your stability for the days of head. So seeing the wonders of God in your life, if you're a professed believer of Jesus Christ and you've been professing to follow him, then you should have evidence that God has worked on your behalf, that God has done things, that God has answered prayer, that God has brought deliverance, healing, provision. And these things God does and answers to grow your faith so that you can commit to him to greater levels so that you can devote more time to him so that you can surrender more to him so that you can serve him in greater faithfulness so that ultimately you can endure faithfully unto the end. So remembering what God has done in your life and in the life of those around you is crucial to your endurance, to your faithfulness, to your commitment. Uh, so allowing the Spirit of God to keep you vigilant and aware and mindful of the things that he has done, the things you've heard, the, the things that you've heard him say, the things you've heard in messages spoken to you by his prophets, the things that you've heard through the word of God, through dreams, through the spirit, and through examples, and also seeing the consequences of those around you that did the opposite. Because God gives us examples. God gives us examples of those who have laid down their lives to follow Christ. And we've seen them prosper. And God gives us examples of those who have rejected Christ and disobeyed Him. And we see their examples. So that we are without excuse. So that we can't say to God, well, I did not know that you do these things or that I did, I did not know that this could happen. So we have examples, good and bad, of the blessings and the cursings of obedience, obviously the blessings and the consequences or curses of disobedience. So this is all in our reach. It's not just something we read in the Bible. It's something that we are able to experience in tangible ways so that we can apply these things to motivate us to continue to go forward. The Word of God teaches us in the book of Hebrews in chapter 2, it says there, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time 
we should let them slip. For and and it, it, what he's saying is that we need to give more attention. We need to pay closer attention to the things that we have heard, not only with our ears, but we can hear with our eyes, that we have heard with our hearts, that we have heard with our with with our senses, the things we've experienced, the things we've lived. These things, we need to give heed to them so that we don't forget and let them slip. So we don't allow these things to, to drift away so, or that we don't drift away from the truth. Because the Word of God tells us that many will leave the faith, that many great men of, uh, will leave the faith. Many will fall away. If the word of God tells us that many will fall away as persecution continues to increase, as as the, as the world continues to fall apart, the word of God is telling us that there are people who profess Christian, who profess Christ today, that they will abandon the faith because of the trials. So how do we avoid being amongst those people? Well, we remember what God has done. We remember what he said. We remember what we've experienced. We remember what we've, what we've heard. So that this keeps us anchored to the faith. So when, and basically, basically anchored to the rock so that we are not tossed back and forth by the winds of life, by the trials of this world, so that we are anchored to the truth by remembering his truth. And listen to this in verse 2. It says here, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression and disobedience, received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? So this is talking to believers. This is talking to the church. This is talking to people who have heard the gospel and have accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay, so it says, verse 3, How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Because... As professed believers, we ought to maintain our salvation. Okay, we ought to we ought to protect our salvation. That's why it's telling us here in verse three how Paul's saying, "How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation?" And, and this connects with the scripture that tells us that we are to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, that we are to strive to enter in, that we are to labor for that which we've obtained, that we have to, uh, uh, that we have to maintain our our faith in Christ, because if we don't, how will we escape? How will we escape if 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 the, if we are given an example that this is the consequence of disobedience? 
that the angels received, the angels were the ones that had that were in heaven. Okay, we they were in heaven. They were already in heaven. The angels were already in heaven and got kicked out because of unfaithfulness. Here we are who have not even made it to heaven, thinking that, well, Jesus solidifies us and somehow I'm secure by Christ and therefore nothing can take me away from the love of God. Well, sin can take you away from the love of God. Disobedience can separate us from Jesus and God, and unto repentance truly comes forth and then God reestablishes us. But if we live a life of disobedience, then we are going to be separated from God forever. Because even if the angels got um, received the consequence of their disobedience, how shall we escape so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard it or that that, that heard him speak? So and and then it continues to 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 say God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will for unto the angels has he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak So this is also addressing so for many of us who Say we've been following Christ for so long, we have testimonies of miracles. We have testimonies of the signs that we have seen, even of the Holy Ghost, um, that God has done. This as well we have in our lives. Uh, the the you you may say, well, I haven't really experienced a miracle, so this really doesn't apply to me. Well, well. I'll tell you this, I want you to go somewhere uh, quiet and lay down and I want you to uh, put your hand on your chest and I want you to just sit there quietly and listen to your heartbeat and allow your heartbeat to uh, bring the vibration to your hand and listen to your heartbeat beat every second. I want you to do that for one minute. I want you to do that for one minute and you so that's going to count how many heartbeats occur within that one minute. Okay? Well, that's a miracle. Okay? The fact that your heartbeat has not stopped beating since the day you were conceived. Okay? To this day, there's no machine on human there's no machine ever created by man uh that works like the heart. Okay, the moment your the moment your first heartbeat began, it has not ceased. Okay, it has not ceased, and um, and your life, and if it did cease, and you're hearing this message, that's a miracle in itself, because God spared your life. If it stopped and somehow it got started again, to hear and you're hearing this message, then there's your miracle right there. Okay, God spared you. From a heart attack, but if you haven't experienced all that, and you're and you are able to count those heartbeats, that's a miracle in itself. So right there, that should give you 
proof that God has worked on your behalf and he's given you the gift of life. So, but many of us do have signs and we do have other miracles that we can revert and refer to, to, to give us examples that God has worked and is working in us. And this as well is for proof and evidence that God is real and that we are to stay faithful unto the end. We are to stay faithful unto the end. And in the most difficult areas where God is asking us to obey his word, regardless of how we feel, regardless of our emotions on the matter, regardless of our, uh, of how we think and our perspectives on the, on the matter, God expects his followers to obey him. God expects his followers to follow him. God expects his followers to live lives devoted, completely surrendered to the truth. Completely surrendered to the truth. And we are to stay close to the truth and close to those who are following the truth, meaning following Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So those who are following Christ, we are to stay close to those who can help us follow Christ. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So it is our responsibility as Christians to be around like-minded believers that will help us follow Jesus. We are to be around those that will assist us in following Jesus. And we are to stay away from those individuals that do not follow Jesus. Okay, that we are there who are those who are not following Jesus. If we continue to surround ourselves with them, to fellowship with them, to have relationships with them, they will ultimately bring us down. They will ultimately cause us to look back. And we also are in danger of becoming pillars of salt because we are still connected to those who are looking back. So God is telling his people that we ought to lay down our lives, pick up our cross and follow him. And that we ought to throw everything off that hinders that will limit us from continuing to follow him. And that is relationships, that is materials, that is places, things, and people, okay? That's what God is expecting for us to to surrender to him. Those, that's what God is expecting us to give up, to let go of, so that we can be found faithful. And God, and God tells us that he will reward us for us giving these things up, for the purpose and the, for the sake of the kingdom. Because ultimately, if we don't give these things up, they will, they will cause us to give up. They will cause us to, to lose our inheritance. And that is our, the inheritance of salvation. The, the angels 
who receive their consequences of disobedience, they lost their inheritance of eternity in heaven and peace because they followed an individual that caused them to disobey, Lucifer. So Lucifer um, caused the other angels to disobey. So we know that the power of influence is quite true. So we need to evaluate our lives. Who within our lives has influence to cause us to disobey him? What in our lives has the power to influence us to disobey Christ? What is it in our life? Who, what place, what person, what thing has the has the influence in our lives to cause us to disobey Christ? We need to evaluate that and we need to sever ties. We need to sever ties. We need to sever ties. We need to cut the umbilical cord. We need to cut the 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 connection that's supplying whatever it is emotionally, spiritually, physically that will ultimately cause us to fall away because God is telling us that the power of influence is quite powerful and unless we take heed of what God has said in the beginning. Since the beginning, when we begin to follow Christ, he confronts the need to separate. The first things he tells his followers, the, his early disciples, the first thing he tells them after he tells them to to begin to follow him, he, he tells them that they must disconnect. Because if you're still connected to the world, if you're still connected to the things that are not connected to God, those will cause you to drift away from the truth. So if that's if you're connected to the culture, if you're connected to the entertainment, if you're connected to the pleasures, if you're connected to the perspectives, if you're connected to the ideologies, the beliefs, if you're connected to the desires, the the likes whatever it is, um, then ultimately you will uh, remain connected to them and you will not separate. The Lord says, come out from among them, says the Lord. So we we are to be separate. That's what's being holy. That's what being holy means. Holy is mean means being separate to being uh, different, to being separate from the profane. So you cannot... You cannot be Christian and connected to the profane. Should, what is the uh, what does the holy and the profane have to do with each other? What is light and darkness? So that means relationships. That means that means life choices. That means uh, decisions that you make on a daily matter and on a daily basis. What is the the decisions that you're making? Are they leading you to Jesus? Are they leading you closer to Jesus? Are they keeping you faithfully in the faith? Are you are you growing in your faith? Or are the decisions that you're making, are the relationships that you're maintaining, are the things that you're doing leading you away from the faith? These are the things that you need to evaluate so that you don't find yourself alone 
drifting away far away from the truth and then you realize that it's too late and you're too far away to get back so you need to evaluate these things you need to confront these things make the decisions that you desperately need to make so that you can be found faithful unto the end you need to evaluate your heart you need to you need to absolutely allow the spirit of god to enable you to confront these things within your emotions and within your heart so that you can endure faithfully unto the end so seek the lord while he may be found um, jesus christ is coming back for his faithful for his church in jesus name